Bibbidi bonjourno, howdy guys. It is me, Sam. I'm back from the dead. It's been a colossal hiatus since episode three, recorded way back in England, so apologies and thanks very much for bearing with me. If you haven't checked them out already, I've got episodes one, two, and three. One chatting to an incredible entrepreneurial adventurer by the name of Jamie Sparks, my good friend, who's now absolutely killing it since we chatted, setting up ultra marathons around the world. So go check that episode out and follow him on the relevant socials afterwards. Episode two was with an incredible man called Chris Greenwood, aka Madura Verde, who talks me through his early days of bootleg DJing, hanging around with the likes of the Beastie Boys and graffiti artists in the New York graffiti scene, then running festivals like the Big Chill and his own later on. Just an epic bloke, so check that bad boy out as well. And then Steve Crabtree, of course, the editor of BBC Horizon, an incredible flagship science series. So you've got all of those to tuck into. So if you've just discovered me, lucky you. But uh, without further ado, we're going to tuck into the wide-ranging, meandering chat that I have with the man that's responsible for getting me back on the podcast horse here in Australia, Sydney, where I now live. And he is Danny Clayton. I uh, do a terrible job of reeling off a few of his accolades, but basically he's an all-round epic bloke. In fact, he's somewhat TV royalty over here in Australia because he's spent from the tender age of around 16, over a decade presenting for Channel V. And he's interviewed some of the biggest names in the music industry, including MGMT, Pharrell Williams, John Legend, Groove Armada, Basement Jacks. Like, he got kissed by Katy Perry, for Christ's sake. He's had it all nominated for a number of awards, including Astro Awards, Favourite Male Personality of the Year, 2014, 13, 12, and 11 and most outstanding performance by a presenter and favourite personality. He's got them all. And on top of all of this, he met God. And it was two robots. But I'll let you listen to the episode to find out more about that. I hope you enjoy. It's a very wide-ranging, meandering chat. And I have the sense that it's just the first of many. So, without further ado, let's tuck into it. Right. Okay. If you're listening, thank you very much for listening. This has been a long time since I've brushed the dust off uh, this podcast. So how did I get here with me, Sam Lax? And one of the men who is responsible for me uh, getting back on the horse is this fantastic human being sitting opposite me. His name is Danny Clayton. And I will give you a quick lowdown as from his previous employer's description. He's a bit of a larrikin, apparently. A bit of a larrikin. In natural charisma, I, I can't argue with that. And uh, his no-holds-barred attitude has uh, led him to some incredible adventures across the globe and mainly around festivals, Australian wild. He's uh, got an incredible uh, love and knowledge of music, which seen him interview some of the biggest dogs in the world. So many questions about that, from Katy Perry to Akon. I want to know about Akon. Good days. <laughs> Paramore, Five Seconds of Summer. He's done live broadcasts for years and years, which is uh, something I want to dig into as well. And his talent is not just confined to this is it Danny no 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 I spread myself pretty thin yeah uh, yeah yeah so like the butter of the music in the media (laughs) industry he's also a photographer uh, and I want to talk about a snapper competition which we're going to get into and Mm. he's a video editor presenter he also shoots behind the camera he really does not leave any stern unturned wow I I mean all this is on the internet apparently this is all on the internet and do you want to know what was on your Wikipedia page which was actually (laughs) going to start us it's nothing nothing too horrendous it's just about no. uh, 
your origins and where you were born. You're a man from the northern beaches. You hail from there. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Do you know, like, I've never really seen my Wikipedia well, page. Well, this was my next question. Have you ever Googled yourself? No, I, only because I know that there would be some awful things on the internet um, if I did Google myself. There's not Google too much. There's not too much bad stuff for you. Oh, I just remember there being like really awful like Daily Mail articles written oh, about yeah. um, things that I had done in the past. <laughs> Your, so, yeah, yeah, clickbait um, stuff. Here's, for, a, here's a good clickbait headline for you from a pedestrian. Oh, here we go. Danny Clayton got the shit kicked out of him by Russians in a Thai jungle. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's totally true. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why I don't like to <laughs> go anywhere on the internet and, uh, yeah, look up my name. I, do, I just, I remember there being some really, like, bullcrap Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, news yeah. stories. Totally. My favorite one was um, that I was in a three-way relationship with my two gay housemates. Oh, really? Um, which I actually, yeah, I, I loved that one. I basically That's moved brilliant. in with um, my mate, um, Tim Dormer. He won Big Brother one year uh, and his fiance. And you thought, uh, he's Ash a professional Tawil. housemate. He's won the show. Yeah, so well, he's, goes, um... exactly. He's good in the house, yeah. apparently. And I remember moving in with those two because they're, they're great mates. And uh, the Daily Mail wrote this article about how he's like, oh, Danny and Tim move in together, but how does that make Ash Tawil, <laughs> uh, Tim's fiance, feel? Ooh, I was I like, don't know. are you suggesting that I am like, you know, ruining this sacred the boat. union? Don't rock <laughs> like, the boat, what? Mate. Yeah. So um, oh. we responded by. Uh, posting a video of us all in the shower, <laughs> which was, I think, the classy response. Of course. I, only confirming all of their uh, terrible rumours. So of there course. we go. Right, so this is going to be meandering, if you haven't already guessed, listeners. Uh, I have so much to pick into with Danny. I'm privileged enough to call him my friend. We actually met on a tower, as often uh, you do meet people. Uh, Sydney... Our, what's it called? Sydney Eye? Sydney Eye Tower? The Sydney Eye, otherwise known as the uh, Centrepoint Tower, there which you it go. used to be, re- you called that in the 90s, I think. You, call that the, <laughs> you then, can call that in the 90s, yeah. Then, I, then I, it became the like, ANZ Tower, and like, I don't know. It's basically. passed through many ownership hands, but we were up there for one reason and one reason only, and that was to see Vivid, which yeah. is actually on now. Yeah, there I mean, go, at the time of recording. Uh, which is funny because uh, I was actually talking about this last night. Uh, oh, really? That it is. This is, in some ways, uh, our anniversary. Oh, bloody hell, you're right. Happy anniversary, darling. Happy anniversary, darling. You look fantastic. (laughs) And I didn't forget it. The flowers, (laughs) I'll I'll get the flowers on the way home from the petrol station. Of course. You're one of those boyfriends. I don't see you get me any flowers. (laughs) I brought chocolates. Yeah, well, it's true, it's true. We're we're, uh, enjoying a lovely 20-pack of Gillian uh, (laughs) seashell one, so I do apologise. Praline, my favourite as well. Uh, Ferrero Rocher is my (laughs) favourite, if anyone wants to know. Um, if, oh. it's my, if it's my birthday, make me a happy boy. Give me a Ferrero Rocher. There you go. Not sponsored. Not sponsored <laughs> This is not yet. a sponsored yet. post. But we will take them. Don't post them, though, because they don't they don't travel well. I've had, <laughs> I've, had, I've had some squash ones before. It's not ideal. But, uh, yeah, for those who don't know, Vivid's one of the largest light festivals in uh, the Southern Hemisphere, I think. We were up there at this tower to... Um, well, why were you there? You were, were you DJing a gig later on, or were you just invited there to have a look? No, I think I was just invited to, mm. to experience Vivid. Um, and... Because it's quite the vantage point to experience it from. So yeah. you basically get a, a Hawkeye, kind of like when you're playing Assassin's Creed and you climb up the, cl- the tallest <laughs> thing and then you press whatever it is and it goes... 
I used to love that. And then the camera I love spins that reference. So yeah. good. And you could see Sydney Harbour Bridge, yeah. the Opera House, etc. Cetera, et yeah. cetera. And funnily enough, there was a pile of hay at the bottom of the yeah. Centre Point Tower. I, I and we jumped that. off. <laughs> and we landed in the hay. Danny was a perfect dive. It was a, a swan dive from heaven. Uh, it was amazing. It, it, was, it amazing. was beautiful. Um, but we hit it off, didn't we? We started chatting science. And yeah. this is one of the many things we'll touch on. So where did your science love first come from? I want to know. So you went to, let me go back to our Wikipedia article. You went to, correct me if it's wrong, St. Aloysius. Uh, that is the correct way to pronounce it. I, I thought so. Yeah, yeah. it looks uh, like St. Aloysius. I went Saint to St. Aloysius on the uh, north side uh, of the Harbour Bridge. Nice. And what age does one attend this school? Is this uh, 11 to 18? I, I went there from grade three all the way to grade 12. And, so, and in English, quite literally in English for me, like, what does that mean age-wise? Uh, God, I didn't even know how old I would have been. Like, <laughs> I, oh, man, like, I was so... 10. Ten um, uh, I would have it was a, a little lad cool. um, but no no that did not instill a love of science no? in me I actually what did you enjoy at that time what were your hobbies English, English. I, I, I only studied uh, English okay. so um, I, I think I did four units of English I love that I'm talking about school yeah. um, I did like Essential. nothing but English and drama um, ah. I studied some biology and, and that and okay. PDHPE but uh, nothing really grabbed me of, uh, except uh, English what kind of crowd would I have found you in playtime let's say playtime lunchtime uh, where would you have been what would you have been doing oh, there's a very derogatory term that I uh, can't say on the radio sure. because it's very offensive but um, but it was used in the time at, at the time I uh, I was a part of the drama queers okay. um, yeah, yeah. because um, while I was friends with all the jocks, I was completely incapable of playing sport. Um, wow. I, so you straddled both. That's quite yeah. rare to, to go between it's two so strange. worlds. I was, I was friends with all the football boys. And but, how, how come? Um, but most... Oh, because I think I... I think it was basically just geography. I lived in an area where I was surrounded by the popular dudes, mm. so I would end up hanging out with them. But um, I loved being a, a drama boy. So you were, um, it was, what's so, that movie? Is it about a boy? Yeah, <laughs> you, know, like, you wanted to be a dancer, but everyone wanted you to be a basketball player. But you yeah, just, yeah, yeah. That pretty much. I was yeah. like Billy Elliot. That's the one. Um, Billy Elliot. Why did I say about a boy? You're thinking about Hugh Grant. Yeah, yeah. I just um, love Hugh Grant. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I. I used to hang out with all the drama boys. I used to love doing shows and theatre and acting and, and whatnot. But I spent most of my time hanging out with football dudes. So the football dudes would be like, oh, why don't you go hang out with your drama queers? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I guess. If, if you'd like me to, I'm, I'm fine with that. But, um, yeah, I guess uh, I was more of a, you know, English uh, guy uh, or a creative writing kind of person, debater. Um, oh, not debater. a sport dude. Not a science person. Um, I was a bad student <laughs> I was oh, a yeah? terrible student but what do we what do we walk away from college with grades wise uh, I think not that it matters listeners you know? oh, it, and, does, and... it does not uh, I think all my friends scored in the 90s mm. uh, and you know mid 80s I got 70. Uh, so that's still not bad. That's an A, isn't it? By my Well, by UK standards, 70 and above is an A. So it, It's funny because as a score, it's a quite a... I think it's a respectable <laughs> score, mm. but um, uh, with the crowd In that I was with... In context of your Yeah, I was like, fine. wow, this is like a bad score. And I remember sure, bringing sure, sure. that back to my dad. 
And my dad looked at this and I thought he was going like, to break my neck. But he said, Danny, you got 70? You did not do any study. I am so proud of you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks, Dad. You've beaten the system, son. Yeah. Oh, I'm so proud. Yeah, that's a, one reason why I loved my dad. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I was not really an academic, but uh, I studied like, science-y stuff post school for mm. for fun um okay. but i've not never done anything with it well that's cool it, it touches on a point that i um often debate with mates is that like as soon as you're you're forced into doing something it kind of loses exactly. its joy and appeal like yeah. so that's why i suppose i got into reading uh, at a later age even via audiobook but also documentaries and stuff like that because you're mm. actively pursuing knowledge that you're interested in and i'm not saying that you should only pursue knowledge you're interested in. Of course, you should learn about stuff that, like, to get a bit more of a well-rounded thing. Yeah. But as soon as at school, when you're force-fed it, it kind of like stifles that interest a little bit. It's a tough. It's a tough line to walk, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where's the you know, Where's the balance? Completely. Um, I actually haven't said this to anyone before, but I. He, Every day, I try to learn one thing, oh. no matter how tiny and how small. And, Fantastic. You know, right? We live in a time where we have just an abundance of information, mm. and you can pop onto the the internet and uh, learn some uh, a new word, uh, something. A, a scientific breakthrough, yep, a, an interesting yep. part of history, anything, and like all you have to do, and you can start your day every morning by reading something interesting, and then going, oh, and then at the by the end of the day, tell someone. You can tell someone this thing that you learned, and what that does is not only does it pass on information, and someone's like, oh wow, that's really interesting, and you're kind of like gifting the the gift of knowledge to to the world, but by telling somebody, you will retain it and you'll remember it, and yeah, it's funny. So every morning I you know try to learn something. I That's try fascinating, to, and yeah. of course you know what you've set yourself up now for because it is the morning and yeah. uh, you are here. And what have you learned? Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So this morning I learned about um, a gentleman uh, from Portugal, which was. Uh, um, it is the f only preserved, not the only. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Did you say a gentleman? A gentleman. Is in like a good sir. Hello. Uh, I, uh, I actually, he's not a gentleman at all. He's oh. a serial killer. Oh. <laughs> um, he <laughs> was. There's there. Uh, he was born in uh, uh, 1820. Sure. Uh, and. In the uh, medical school of Lisbon, mm. uh, they still have his preserved, decapitated head in a jar. Interesting. It is absolutely incredible. And what happened was this gentleman was a serial killer. He was a servant, and he used to work for all the the rich folk in the in society. And he hated them, and he loathed them, and he realised that he was making you know more money if he was stealing and, and, and robbing people. So he went to this one bridge and he used to mug essentially farmers who weren't very rich, but they used to come across this one bridge and he used to mug them and then afterwards throw them off the bridge. Oh God. And what why, the why the uh, second part? Well, because he didn't want any um you know leave no trace. He didn't want to leave a trace. Fine. And so he kept on doing this and the local authorities thought that it was a suicide thing and they ah. thought that people were doing copycat suicides. Oh wow. So they closed the bridge. Wow. They didn't realise that this was and so this So guy, he got away with it for quite a while. He got away but... with it. I think he, he killed like Fifty people. Jesus. And uh, what then? He formed himself a little group of bandits mm. who um, would rob, mug people on this bridge, 
and then throw them off. And then once he kind of went bigger, that's when the local authorities realized it was a murderer. Good Lord. And then they caught him. Um, they hung him. They killed him. Mm. And they chopped off his head. And they chopped off his head to study what made a murderer a murderer. Because they thought that if they got into his head, they'd mm. find Some something. Some sort of chemical imbalance something. or something like that. Yeah. Um, but instead, they've just left his head in a jar perfectly... Uh, preserved. His eyes are open. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now that still resides wow. in the medical center um, of Lisbon. And it is interesting. His name was. Oh, gosh. I've got an interesting point on this. Why you try and remember his name? Why remember his name? Like, there's the argument, and I think it was put forward and it is practiced after the, the tragic New Zealand attack. Of course, of course. Why give no- fame and notoriety to these people that cor- commit such terrible things? Because encouraging copycat. Because in like, mm. why should their name I, be? I definitely mentioned? agree. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think why the- have a why have it still in a jar? Like now it's the tourist attraction, and I know there's a huge um, mm. industry around like murder and stuff like that. People fucking love it. They're yeah, like, uh, what's it's his morbid. Name? Manson kind yeah, of like oh, yeah. collectors and all of that kind of thing, but like. It's an interesting one, isn't mm. it? Our fascination with that. I, I definitely agree, and I, but I think that that is now. I think that the climate has changed mm. very much now. I mm. think that we... Well, I suppose there's people, a difference. There's that's a difference. terrorism and yeah. that's murder. I don't know. Also, I think, I think back in uh, 1810 and mm. 1820... Uh, people of the time didn't want to boast about it on social media. Sure. You know, so I think that now we do live in this society which has been programmed by the way we interact online. And so, yeah, sure, people might be encouraged to to do hideous and repugnant crimes. So you're so saying because can... people can do self-promo now, <laughs> yeah. it's not acceptable. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> We're but not I, allowed uh, to give you a platform anymore because you got your own. But, Use it, you know. <laughs> but I think that when we look back at history and we, if we look back at this, this guy, Mr... Leaves, leaves, oh gosh, Mr. Leaves. There you go. That's all um, you're getting from my my podcast, Mr. Um, Leaves. I think his name was actually Diogo. Um, I, I really Diego is a popular name. It's 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 not Diogo. Di- it's, it's it's actually Diogo. Maybe that's why he lost his rag because he was like, <laughs> I I'm I'm definitely a Diego. His yeah. mum had smeared the form. He's like, no, I'm sorry, Diogo, and he's like, I'm gonna get ribbed at school. That's it. This he, is he, it. he was he was from the off. That's what drove him to to murder. <laughs> um, but I think you know when we look back at those characters in history, we're like, oh, you are evil. Like you are a bad bad man. Yeah, yeah. And no one's celebrating him. But you know, it's fa- it's the, fascinating. That's yeah. the word, isn't it? It, it piqued people's curiosity. I can understand. I but can I understand. definitely agree about the not celebrating um, the uh, you know, murderers uh, these Fair. days. And yeah. I think that you know we definitely should be focusing just on the victims. But yeah. Um, yeah. Right, we completely digress. And this I is know. A, God, this we went is dark. Unrelated. No, no, this is completely unrelated. Question following up from this. So, what was? Uh, oh no, no, sorry. Who was your most influential person at a young age? So I'm talking pre. Fifteen. Wow. Mm. And why? So, like, is there... So, I often ask, like, is there something that had a real impact on you at that age? Personally, I was probably still playing with the worms in the garden. I didn't really have too much going on in terms of that. But was there something for you? I know this snapper competition came up pretty damn young, so I want to talk about that next in the journey. But is there someone that had a big impact on you? Uh, Look, I... I guess I really loved... Uh, it's such a cliche response when people are like, oh, I love music, man. But I, I mean, I used to watch uh, 
rage in the morning. I used to wake up really early and get out of VHS and try to get my video edits perfect. Because mm-hmm. I, I always knew that like Blink-182 would you know start or Friends Will Rom or you know a, a Grinspoon track. And I'd sit there and try to record just the beginning of the, the clip and have like this perfect VHS. Oh. And so I was... You know, very, very much. You know, what, just of their of their um, music videos. Just of the music videos. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that when I did watch those early music um, presenters, mm. I, I really did admire uh, mm. them. But like, if if we are to talk honestly about you know people who you know you looked up to, yeah, you know, I I probably say I had like my English teachers and my drama teachers, like they they made it cool to be very witty and wordy and smart, and you know I would never say this to his face, but <laughs> I I had this one English teacher called Mister Harkin, uh, he was a an an English teacher, and he was your typical alpha male on the outside and like he, he did the he trained the football team and whatnot but he'd get into this classroom and the way he'd speak about romance and poetry and he was so passionate and at the same time he was still this man mm. and you know i think that anyone that was interested in poetry would be considered you know a nancy you know mm. but all so of he sudden, epitomized the kind of yeah. confluence of both worlds yeah. and like and i to me i wanted to be like that i wanted to be uh, i wanted to be witty i wanted to be poetic like he was i wanted to be passionate about language mm. um, um but i also you know want still because as a kid you're growing up you know you want to be yeah, a man as well you know totally. you have... well it's all about social acceptance and mm. all the rest of it you know you're just figuring out your place in the world and that that world is school and yeah. it's, uh, such a rigid hierarchy and all the rest of it mm. that you is going on subconsciously if not consciously so yeah, I can understand yeah. but he kind of gave you permission yeah definitely he gave me permission and I remember like really getting into poetry Wicked. and then and learning poems accidentally and yeah. you know being able to recite them and and all of a sudden, that wasn't, you know, yeah, yeah, too yeah. weird. People were like, oh, that's cool. It's cool that you know that that piece of poetry. I'm like, oh, it really? I'm like, oh, fantastic. Fan- yeah, that really is. And so, it's that kind of positive reinforcement, especially from that age, that allows you to do that. I must say, I sadly fell shy of... I went to an all-boy grammar school, and it was fantastic education. I wouldn't change it, but... Mm. Uh, I couldn't straddle both. I I played a lot of sport. I loved playing sport. And as a result, sadly, you know, drama was seen as, you know, like you say, kind of a gay, to use the term of the time, which is incredibly, you know, sad and and obviously wrong in its time anyway. But Mm. um, it's, yeah, to be able to have a role model, whether it be peer, like teacher, parent, etc., that Mm. gives you, that shows you essentially, that shines a light on, it can be done like this is an mm. incredibly empowering thing to have at a young age. Yeah. So that like, so he gave you that kind of permission and then you, you delve deeper into that. And then this snapper competition came about. So tell me a little bit about this. What's this? Uh, the snapper competition was a photography competition on channel V on Foxtel. Mm. And it was 
essentially a chance to win your way onto the Channel V team, taking photos for them at like two concerts. Okay. Um, I was still at school. I was 16 and I said, yep, this is it. This is me. I'm going to, you know, take what I know about photography and turn this into a job. That's clear. And um, did you know much about photography? I used to be a, a, a photographer, the school photographer guy. Awesome. So I used to take photos at their sporting events. I used to take photos at parties. I used to really like it. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, went in hard. I won this competition by skiing naked. <laughs> I, I don't know what say, that what has to you, do with. Yeah, what were you submitting? <laughs> that, that does doesn't have anything to do with photography, um, <laughs> but you know, also shooting like a series of little, you know, videos and whatnot. And uh, what were you using at the time? Can you remember? Um, I was using a. Uh, they uh, they actually gave me a, a phone, and I had to take all the photos with this little Panasonic. Uh, oh. It was one of the very very first camera phones Incredible. It, was, it was a flip phone yes and i believe if pearl uh, tells me correctly you've got it in a very special place in the house at the moment uh i do um the exact phone that i helped me win this competition is framed um because my friend uh, who i'm still friends with uh, today his name's mm. japes um he helped me uh win the competition yeah and he helped me win by using this phone so i framed the phone like so 10 years cool. later yeah. and i presented it to him as a token of uh friendship and so cool. uh, yeah, appreciation that he kind of set me off on this like life adventure for, you know for 15 years of yeah. just travel and you know music and and everything that like I had that job for it was like for 15 years so I was like as a token of my uh <laughs> appreciation incredible. um so they yeah so, yeah. so you, you you um filmed and sent in this video and then what happened so you're still at school obviously aren't you? still at school but then after school I'd go take photos at Bench Street uh and, and Bench Street for those who don't know is uh, it, Fo uh, Fox Studios it's where basically where they had the um, they had the Channel V studios and mm. they'd have these live uh, concerts and uh, bands okay. would come in and yeah. um, and the competition ended um, you know I went to Splendor in the Grass and I was 16 so I had to have what like, a minder what an incredible experience and, to do that yeah. at such a young age as well you feel starry eyed do you ever get starstruck or not really oh at the time I did mm. uh, I remember one time uh, the because uh, man I, I was still so yeah, fresh. Yeah, of course. And well, I, I still feel fresh, you know, all the time. It's the <laughs> and uh, I think that the, the competition finished, but when they needed a photographer, they'd go, "Oh God, we need a photographer. Oh, just get that Danny guy. Like, you know that that idiot doesn't charge us anything. So like, he yeah. does it for free. Like, just get Danny. Like, oh, what an idiot. And then I'd get off the phone from Channel V and go, "Oh my God, these idiots. They, they don't even like." charge me like i don't even have to pay them to go to those concerts like Fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, meanwhile yeah. they were like selling my photos yeah, but um yeah it worked and then i think osha ginsburg uh who was at the time andrew g and mm. i think he gave me a microphone once and he just said hey um here you go and then i said oh what am i what's this i'm like what am i doing and he goes are oh, you gonna be on live television He's like, I'm like, well, what, you know, when? Like, when am I going to be on live television? He goes, oh, in five, four, three. And I'm, here I am holding a microphone in front of a camera going, what, what, what am I supposed to, I don't, what, 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 what do I say? What do I do? What am I, what do I, hello everybody. My name is Danny Clayton and you're watching Channel V. Right now we've got some Blink-182 and, and I just spoke and spoke and spoke and spoke until someone from behind the camera held up a piece of paper that's uh, had a, a person's name and <laughs> their location. 
And then they pointed at it. And then I looked to them and I was like, oh, well, uh, we've got a request coming in for Grinspoon. And this one is for Jessica in Gleb. It's like, uh, Danny, it's Glebe. I'm like, oh, in Glebe. And then, yeah, we went to the song. And I turned to Andrew G. And said, but why would you do that to me? <laughs> I'm like, I was so underprepared. He's like, nah, just testing something out. And he goes, but yeah, good job. And from that point on, there was a guy who had his eye on me. And the day I finished school, he gave me a call and said, hey, you're the new Channel V presenter. Um, oh. Come in. You're, we'd like to see you host some shows. Far out. And I sucked. <laughs> I sucked so bad. In what way? Oh, gosh. I it was... sounds like that previous experience is a real sink or swim. And you swam yeah. incredibly well. But I swam well. time. Butterfly. Yeah. But after that, after that point in time, mm. I had something to prove because I was like, oh, I really want this job. I really want to do a good job. And I was just awful. I was just a kid. Like, of course, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. But I just had, I mean, that was one of the great, greatest things about Channel V is that I had so much time to be crap at my job. Yeah. And I had like opportunity after opportunity. And like these days, if you suck on a show that you're like, oh, you're out. Sorry. You're done. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. it's not going to work. Mm. But at Channel V, you know, it's such a time and a place because... For, you allowed for that months. opportunity to for fail. Mo- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, did, I had to do shows with like Andrew G, uh, James Matheson, Yumi Steins, you know, Jabba. Like wow. these people were the huge, best. Huge, names. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the best at what they did. And so they kind of, they were your mentors almost? Yeah, they were my mentors. Uh, and it's funny because, you know, I, I looked up to, you know, Osha mm. and I'd, you know, think, all right, so should I be like him? And I'm like, I can't do what he does. Like, Mm. I can't be like him. I have Mm. to do something completely different. And, you know, that's one thing. It's like you you can't imitate other presenters. You just have to find your own style. And it was just such a... It was such a, a slog to begin with. Yeah. Well, and how, do you find your own, to, how, how do you find your own style? Because like you say, you look at these these giants and you think, mm. fuck, I'm not quite getting it. But I suppose it's kind of like a rubbing off of, you know, you build on the shoulders of giants, don't you? And you kind of get influence from people, but you, then you make it your own with time. Yeah. I mean, for me, like it was about coming up with, I couldn't do shows with them because they were so good. Mm. Uh, and I'd always do something to embarrass them or myself. And it, so I had to kind of write my own shows and start producing my own bits and pieces to put on Channel V. Because Jesus, that's a big, big leap. You're well, like, well, I'm, I can't do this presenting thing. So I'm just going to do the whole gambit yeah. and um, we'll see how we go. Well, otherwise, the producers that were working there at the time, they didn't want to work with me. Like, they didn't want to work with the kid. Sure, like, sure. They, I was the obligated like, obligation. So they'd be like, all right, well, I really want to shoot like this interview. Or I really want to shoot this, you know, like who do we use? Um, uh, well, you know. I want to use like James Matheson. I want to use Yumi Steins. I want to use Maya Jupiter. I, I, and then there was Danny. I'm like, oh, well, definitely don't want to use him. And then there was this one uh, or two producers. Uh, one was called Sally King, who is uh, like still a very dear friend. And uh, the other, Milner Haas, who lives overseas. They were the only two who <laughs> got me on air, who like did anything with me. And they actually took me to... Um, like the music clip I think Guy Sebastian had just won Australian Idol yeah 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 um, and he was shooting a new music clip and like 
they're like, oh, let's get Danny on this. And then I did this interview with Guy Sebastian, who was still like pretty fresh yeah, as course. well. Like even he was a bit... You <laughs> so know, you were both a bit like, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa uh, a bit cagey. <laughs> and, you know, uh, it, it, and it was really fun. And I was like, oh, good job, Danny. You're like, you're, you're good at doing interviews. Like we should just make sure that you do interviews. Awesome. and maybe not host shows. <laughs> oh, wow. Little and, did they know. Yeah. And so that they would get me to do the kind of low rent, if you will, uh, interviews. Like, I think I did uh, the Veronicas, like their, their very first interview. Wow. And how old were you at this time? Uh, I think I was 17. Jesus, wow. Just turning 18. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it was just a really funny time. Um, but gosh, uh, I look at, you know, what people are doing now and... Mm. I, I, the kind of television that the the team, not me mm. necessarily, but like the the television that James Matheson and your know, Oshers and you know Yumi and Maya and Jabba, that that kind of television, it's over. Like mm. it's an era that was glorious, and yeah. it will never come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so dangerous, and it was so wild, and it was. I think like it. I look at that as like the, the halcyon years of a Australian broadcast, a, a little bit like how. People look back on "Hey, Hey, It's Saturday," mm. and they look at that show and think that those were like the you know the golden years of like wild live television. Mm. You know, like when Molly Meldrum was you know at his A game, and you know Daryl Daryl Summers was like the man. And you know they used to be dirty and rude and wild, and anything could happen on that live TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great. Now you you watch television and. You know, if a TV presenter makes a small gap, it becomes a, ma- a meme. It becomes a meme. That's it. You know, thing, like yeah. whereas it, you know, back in those like golden years of a Channel V, I remember like Jabba would have like a he'd have a bong sitting on the table. What? <laughs> like he'd had like all these toys and all of these like records and CDs and everything. And, and it, he'd be doing this morning show still drunk from the night before <laughs> he'd been, he'd been at a concert all night and then he'd, he'd come roll in and he'd shoot this show like completely drunk. And, but it was great. It felt so authentic and real and people had such a connection to that and, mm. and the bands loved him. They'd come in and be like, you know, Hey Jabba, I saw you, you know, at 5am you and I were like getting drunk this morning. Like, did you even go home? And like, it it made for such energetic um, television. And I, I mean, I, I miss that, but of course, um, yeah, I think yeah, that the yeah. next, you know, we're, we're going into this next uh, era. I think we're right now in a transition stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, what do you foresee in the near? Well, like where we are now and where we're moving to in the near future. Well, I think the the network television as we know it is. Do you think it's died a death? Is it now all online and well, like I, I th- micro influencers, etc.? I, I I still think that there'll be the the major you know, the major channels, sure. if you will. But and I, yeah, I should, I don't mean die to death. Like mm. TV is still TV. It's just in different guises. So yeah. online is still TV, yeah. etc. So it's not at all over, but just, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think we're going to download channels. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. So the, the antenna, you know, is, is gone. Mm. Uh, mm. The conventional television is, is, is dead. Mm. And instead of having your, your big networks, your, Channel 10, Channel 9, Channel 7, those, they're all just going to have to turn into these huge online entities. Mm. And we're going to stream all of our television. And, you know, the all of a sudden, you know, the, it's anyone's game. So if you are 
as somewhat a producer, you can start your own channel. You can start making your own content. You can start you know, having shows that broadcast online at a specific time and, and drop online. But, you know, that whole, you know, the power of the networks. Kind of subverted now, it, isn't it? Is now, now people got, can have their own audiences. Yeah, and they completely. They come to networks and I experience it in my work, you know. When, well, we've had you come in and host. We've had other people and then... Mm. People come in with ideas and pitch to companies, and they say, "Right, what's your following, etc.? Your audience, yeah. and then what's your show?" So, yeah, um, it, which is so bizarre, mm. which is so wild. Um, you know, again, this is something that um, I was talking about with my friend Hooky uh, on the on the weekend, uh, and that's it's incredible seeing how the the influencer movement has affected entertainment and mm. how. You know, someone who has millions of followers online on Instagram um, might be able to host a an event yeah, or, or a yeah, show, yeah. but then when you're there, it is nine times out of ten awful. Yeah, totally, <laughs> so totally. it's like, oh god, well, they're look, not professional hosts. Yeah, right? like, like, that's oh, not there. Yeah, it's terrible, and like, I, and it, it's very interesting because you know I think that you know that we, we've we've come to this time in this in this place where. You know those numbers have such significance totally. to people, but I don't think. Do you it think that's last. here to stay? Yeah, that's no. what I mean. Do you think it's a bubble? Nah, definitely, it's it's a bubble. Yeah, it's gonna be MySpace, MySpace that, yeah. uh, which you know I checked my MySpace profile the other day. Oh yeah, yeah. how's it looking? It, hilariously daggy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Looking at the photos on there, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that's a snapshot in time. Yeah, it's right. like a, it's like a vault, you yeah. know. It's like a time capsule in school when you you put a yeah. bunch of school books yeah, and you yeah, bury yeah, yeah, it, yeah. and then twenty years later you, you bring it back up. Yeah, totally. that's what MySpace is. Well, that's a well, that's a lovely segue actually. To I had the pleasure of watching your um, <clears throat> show reel that you posted a couple of years ago before I came over here, and as you say here, it's a perfect collection of a uh, wild variety of haircuts you've had over the years. So oh, yeah. Let's talk hair. So <laughs> I, I uh, too, credit myself with having hair that people talk about, for good or bad. Um, but you've you've been through quite the few number of chops. So what's been the um, the reasoning behind it and what's been your favourite over uh, the years? I, I think it's like, I think I've had a, like the the soccer mum haircut as well. <laughs> soccer mum, okay. All yeah, right. like it's, like, it's a bit like, a bit, it's like, it's like feathered out one end, like one side. Yeah. And it's like the... Very early Russell brand. I think it's like the kind of uh, woman that would um, complain at a restaurant. Sure. Like, you know. <laughs> Very vivid picture here. Yeah. So like like, like an angry mum. Sure. Um, who, that like her haircut, like that's, <laughs> I think I had that hair. It's like this weird, it's a mix between a mullet and it's like a... Then one side of my hair would poke out the other side. It was terrible. All of my <laughs> haircuts were, were, were atrocious. I used to cut my own hair. I used to let my friends do it. Nice. It was. Did you ever have never like, my skill? Uh, um, v, did no one pull you aside? Yeah, all is that the not, time. Yeah, all the time. Because surely that's always... quite, a, quite a big thing for the aesthetic and you know show yeah. kind of vibe, isn't it? I was very unaware of how stupid I looked. For I'd say. 90% of my career I still am yeah, I think it's the way to go surely and uh, I think and then the that last 10% where I did realize 
uh, how stupid I looked. I guess I thought oh, it's, too, it's too late to do anything yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, this yeah. is my thing. I left now. my paddle ages yeah. ago. I'm just I'm just going with this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's incredible that they ever let me on television. To be honest, with a I used to grow dumb. Again, I because I grew up on TV. When I first started growing see a beard, you becoming yeah. a man on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that that first beard that you grow? As, I'm still as waiting a, for it, mate. <laughs> Stop it? rubbing it in. I'm still waiting for it. Well, like you know, you you have these like wispy hairs that grow kind of underneath your chin. Sure, sure, sure. And it's not. Oh, on. And you let those. Oh, and I thought this is this is, is a beard. The, that is one of the yeah. fucking biggest gear grinds I ever had. Watching a guy walk around with that wispy stuff, thinking I, it's acceptable to that's have it. that. So oh. I thought, oh, this is going to make me, you know, people think if you can't that I'm a man. A beard, don't have it. So I, have it. I grew the under chin oh. wispy beard because I thought it was, it made me look older oh. and I wanted to look older. And everyone was like, Danny, you need to get <laughs> rid of that. If you don't shave, that's it. Yeah. You're not doing any interviews. You're gone. You're, you're gone. Oh. And gosh, how would Katy Perry have kissed you on the cheek if you had hair like that? Exactly. Uh, you know, I would have failed uh, with Katy Perry if <laughs> I had a, a wispy under under neck beard. Oh god! All right, go on then. That's a quick vignette uh, anecdote there. <sighs> what what happened there? She was uh, on tour, and you out. Um. Yes. The that interview. Was that when that tune first came out? Uh, I kissed a girl. Yeah. Yeah. Katy Perry was there. She was promoting. Um. I kissed a girl. Uh. And she liked it apparently. And uh, did you have the soccer mum hair? Maybe that was the confusion. May- maybe. Yeah. I think I was like full of coffee and very uh, confident or something. And I remember having a chat with Katy, and she was. L- uh, stunning I mean the the videos of course are all across the internet now but my god I just remembered how charming she was mm. and we were having this conversation doing this interview and I think I was talking to her about kissing you know and how she liked it and I think I no, she I, liked it yeah, I yeah. Think very I, on point for I, the album <laughs> I, I think even I, I had a precursor before the interview and I said um, so in this interview I think I'd like to kiss you and I, or something really bold how did she, she react to that oh. she's like oh my gosh I'm, yeah. like, I'm like oh well obviously with your permission and then uh, I don't know I think that we kind of passed it off as a joke sure. but at the end of this interview yeah she grabbed my face and she kissed me there and you I you know I just remember at the time that I had absolutely no response or no comeback or nothing in the tank like there are there was so many things you could say so many quips and witty remarks that you course, could course, say course. just after yeah. you know Katy Perry kisses you on the yeah. mouth but instead I just froze and my mouth wouldn't like work there was no words <laughs> I just went, ah, 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 and, and yeah Love it was it. it was cut the live cross so, that's it yeah. so it was like this super awesome moment and I almost like I guess oh, I, no, I failed no <laughs> not like, at all I think you know, quite the contrary I think it's endearing uh, I think that you know ha- everyone has their limits of uh, what they can uh, yeah. reel off and shake off and I think that would probably be it for most people I couldn't so, yeah fair I enough. could not shake it could you no, Sam no, Max could not. you shake off I would have maybe said I liked it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's but like, it. all I had to say was like, ah, oh, tastes like cherry chapstick. Oh, like, yeah, I could have said course. anything. Oh, but yeah. uh, I just no, looked no, no, like no, a no. stunned mullet. That's absolutely, right. absolutely no uh, judgment from the amount, mate. Absolutely yeah. no judgment. I know this is like your, you know, this is this is your show, right? Yeah, but can yeah, I ask yeah, you yeah, some yeah. questions? Uh, you've got a couple. Go on. Go okay, on. so let's say you can kiss any uh, celebrity. Okay. Uh, any so celebrity. you're interviewing them and then they pull a Katy Perry and they kiss you on the mouth. Uh, 
What? Oh, interesting. What would it be? Who would um, it be? Hi, Becca, my lovely girlfriend. Um, I reckon. What do I? I reckon Angelina Jolie when wow. when she did Tomb Raider. Back oh. in the day. Back in the day. Those luscious lips. Just yeah. a little kiss. Little kiss from that. That'd be nice. Yes. Her or Jessica Alba back in the day as well. I don't know when. But, oh, yeah. Jessica Alba. I forgot about Jessica Alba. Well, they, yeah. And a Scarlett Johansson. It's like That's the, the one. Oh, my the God. Three. Yeah, yeah. They're homogenous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the Scarlett Johansson or Johansson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jessica Alba and, uh, of course, the uh, voluptuous-lipped uh, yes. lady uh, herself um, who's now married to... Still married to Brad Pitt? I uh, Angela and Charlie. So, um, yeah, I mean, gosh, uh, the, they, were the, they were like the posters on every teenage boy's wall. Weren't they? Yeah. Weren't they just? They were great. They I, was were great I was a scarlet. You were a scarlet. Oh, her yeah. voice in her. Oh, mm. melt. Just you melt, then you're so, very, very such cute. A, such a sexy voice. But, yeah. yeah. We digress, but this could be a good um, uh, segue. So, uh, we were chatting just the other day when you were in, uh, after we chatted to Angus Stone at the studio. And ah, yes. You were chatting about your uh, upbringing within V Music and someone that took you under their wing, and you referenced the film Almost Famous. Um, uh-huh. So, who was that, and what do you mean by this kind of schooling? So, you you were quite a, a nappy-headed boy, as Fifty Cent would call. Yeah. So, what what was this? Tell us. Okay, so I did reference um, Almost Famous, the movie, mm. which is, of course, um, a, a story about uh, James or uh, Cameron Crowe who wrote the film, directed the film, and it was based on him. Um, and so he was writing about his experience as a young music journal, um, growing up starry-eyed in the music scene, surrounded by rock stars, trying to be cool, um, when he, he just couldn't. He had a really tough time. And I had a, a friend who called... Have. I still have a friend. She lives in LA. Her name's Mel Nahas. She was one of those uh, producers that I referenced earlier who used to take me to these really cool parties. And I was very uncool. I was fresh out of school. I came from a you know, a private school, so I was sheltered. Um, and yeah, she would take me to hang out with these like rock stars at different like cool like parties. Like she'd take me to, you know, back when Subi was like a real thing. She she'd take me to the, you know, the secret after shows, the Subi shows, and the Bang Gang DJs would, you know, DJ in like these really weird kind of warehouse spaces. And it's a three know. part question here. Yeah. A, uh, how old were you? B, did your parents were they fine with you going out to all ends of the night because you yeah. were probably around seventeen? And C, what was going through your head when you were at these kind? places oh i mean uh, i i guess i was very overwhelmed but i just kind of had to trust um, my friend mel and she she i remember one because she didn't talk to me when i was working at v and then one day i think we had a conversation and then she turned to me and she goes i've decided i like you (laughs) she goes i decided i like you um all right well tomorrow we're going shopping and it was like one of those dumb like rom-coms yeah where like you've got the cool girl teaching the dorky dude how to dress because i used to wear like you know, just like dumb skater totally. brands, like a nothing but SMP, yeah, like SMP, DC shoes, like the yeah. like the chain from your wallet to yeah. your pocket, or even just the chain. Like, yeah. Where's your wallet? Oh, I don't need it. It's just for the look, man. Exactly. I used to like dress like an idiot, and yeah, then yeah. To sh- no, no, there are still cool skaters out there. Yeah. We're not we're not mugging you all off. Yeah. But what I, he's trying to say is his chain, his taste has changed. Oh, but I just I just didn't suit the look. Yeah. I, I, but she, she, I mean, she'd take me out and she'd like. You know, I'd buy like tight 
black jeans. Yeah, I'm like, these I, are too tight. They're not like, you know, literally only had the same pants. experience with my mates yeah. trying on skinny jeans. I was like, what the hell yeah. are these? This is so weird. Yeah. Like, this isn't going to, what, really? And yeah. then here I am still wearing them. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm a skinny jean kind yeah. of dude. Bizarre. I, I, it'd be weird for me to wear baggy jeans, but like, yeah, yeah sure. So I can just imagine some like, like upbeat montage music playing Completely. and you're like, I'm going to try real good. He's <laughs> <laughs> coming yeah. in, in and out of the changing room. What about this? And she shakes her head. No, no, that, no. That, like that was pretty accurate incredible because like, I think that like you you must understand what I used to wear prior I mean that would make it uh, illuminate the situation for you a little bit more like polo shirts were were it yeah you know i yeah, used to yeah. wear oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, these yeah, like yeah. baby yellow oh, polo shirts hideous. like think, think <laughs> preppy private school boy yeah and mix that with like a non-skater like a guy who's tried to dress like a, a skater but he didn't skate i can see that that's very kind of like bad school prom oh yeah, yeah just an awkward look. really bad awkward look and so basically this girl used to you know put me all in black and be like right, you're wearing tight black shirt <laughs> black jeans and you're getting some like just some connies nice you know? very production and uh, yeah like that's it, it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, it yeah, yeah, you yeah. know that's that's your new look i'm like okay noted uh <laughs> <laughs> cheers you can't turn up to parties with me if you're gonna wear that like salmon polo shirt <laughs> um your cargo shorts and like oh my god and like and flip-flops like you know like that, that's not party attire you know? and, and no more hawaiian shirts oh, it's yeah. not ironic when you wear it <laughs> nor <laughs> is the flame shirt yeah so like i couldn't but it's totally in <laughs> yeah, look at the flames man it's cool it's like i'm on fire but i'm not it's a shirt so yeah she um she did that uh incredible and how long did this transition period take for you <laughs> so to long up until she left probably oh wow um, yeah still but, ongoing today yeah yeah but you know she she's now got a, like a health business um overseas in, in la a really successful one epic she lives around the corner from the kardashians As you uh do. kanye yeah. and Ki- kim and kanye wow. and uh you know she's up in the hills of uh, topanga and when i go to la I, I stay with her and like she's still like uh, she's still the ultimate rock star. She was in a band called The Punishers. Wow. Which that... consisted of Yumi Steins, um, this other girl, Jade Skelly, uh, and James Matheson. And the, the idea that they were all supposed to be like these Asian um, Asian persuasion like rock goddesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And James Matheson just the claimed Punishers. that he had like some lineage. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm like quarter Asian. It's like, <laughs> sure. you liar. Um, but yeah, they were, uh, she's a rad girl. So, hey, Mel, uh, I love you to bits. You are the best if you're listening to this. Um, That's class. Oh, mate, I love it. So, the, so as you progress, so 15-year career is an incredibly long period of time to be doing this kind of thing. So what about you changed and what about like yeah just your perspective and all the rest of it like you say you're a starry-eyed boy when you came out and i want to know how this journey or this chapter ended as well so i'm not unsure so firstly what changed about you throughout the time uh i think that uh when i was young i was desperately trying to prove myself Mm. uh and then as time went on i stopped trying to to be any anyone or anything i'd started doing it, my job because I just loved it and I realized it took me a while to come to terms with um, the fact that like I was good at what I did and you know, well, I think everyone I, has the old imposter syndrome don't yeah. they like every every person we've had for our studio talks about that yeah because so. I, 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 I mean upward comparability is uh, something that I've, um, fascinates me about how you 
compare yourself to people that do similar things to you. Mm. Um, but if you're only surrounded by the people who are like really, really good at that, then you you kind of think that you're quite bad at it. Oh, interesting. And, yeah, uh, that's uh, like the negative take on the you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So yeah. I suppose that perspective is like if you spend time with them that will lift you up. But mm. I agree. Yeah there's, a, yeah, there's that side to it as well. So I was always surrounded by those like really strong TV hosts mm, and um, I was like wow I could I can't do what you do you're you're so much better at this than me mm. um, and then I guess with time I, I realized that I was doing things that they you were cutting wouldn't your own. do and, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. And, and a different style and I'd, I'd be good at certain things I think that when you kind of become comfortable and in your, in your own skin and you stop trying as hard that's when you make your best uh, mm. your work and mm. You know, towards uh, the end, I think that it was fun. I felt like, you know, I was in a situation where I could walk on set and anything could be thrown at me and I could just have fun. And, yeah. you know, it'd be a band that I have never heard of in my entire life, you know, and I've never done a single iota of research on them. And I could sit down and I could still squeeze like a really, like, you know, fun, you know, piece of uh, interesting material out of them. And I, I lo- and I loved that. And, you know, some of my favorite interviews were ones that, I was given two seconds. Uh, I, I found out about two seconds prior to it actually happening. Like on just live really? television, yeah. Like Ramstein. Like, I spoke to Ramstein, who don't speak. Uh, they they don't speak English in their interviews. Wow. And you know they just walked onto set yeah. uh, at the. And did you at, know that going out uh, that they didn't speak English? No. Well, well, I was, you know, I was just there, and you yeah. know, I had someone yell in my ear, "Danny, um, you're going to do an interview with Ramstein." I'm like, "Holy crap!" I'm like, "When?" They're like, "They're walking up behind you. Uh, you're on air in five, four, Jesus. three. I'm like, "Oh my god, this uh, is happening!" And they had like a a little old lady with with them, and every question I asked the band, they yeah. would listen, then they'd respond in German, yeah. and then the little old lady would repeat what. They said. Um, they she said. was the translator. Yeah, Fantastic. and and they they were talking about like phalluses and <laughs> really? penises all Who over. Who was there. the old lady? Was it one of their mums or just something? Tra- just some translator that was they she, paid to do all the press. Did she ever crack up? She no. No. And, and so face so, of stone. I'd be like telling you about phalluses. I was like, okay, so I can yeah, I really loved your show. There was um so much um fire and so many penises. <laughs> Um, I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm fascinated. These are two very important motifs for your music, and then they, the Ramstein would, you know, respond in German, and then the little old lady would say, "Well, you see, the cock is very powerful. <laughs> it is a power, and their songs are powerful." And she had the straight face. Love that. And talk I think about you can only have that kind of straight man oh, alternative God. to the ludicrousness of that conversation. It was just unreal um so much fun that's class yeah uh, so yeah i think that was the the journey um for you know from beginning to Mm. middle to end was you know finding my own groove really enjoying myself and god i had fun i used to turn up to work every day Mm. and just laugh and write and you know edit and produce and and none of it felt like a job totally you know and i I used going to a festival just with a camera and my buddy and we'd film whatever we liked and then, and then put it on television. And then we'd have, you know, lo- like thousands and thousands of people around Australia writing in and, you know, saying, oh, I really like that show. I was like, this is just something I put together with my friend. I'm like, this doesn't feel like work. But God, yeah, it was 
great fun. But then towards the end of so Channel yeah. V, things just started to fade. Mm. Uh, to put this on a timeline, sorry. So 2004 or something, you did the snapper competition? Yes. Oh, 2002. 2002. Uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so it was 2004 you started with. So officially v. started in 2004. Fine. And then uh, 10 years spanning. When when did it start to... F- to uh, run its natural course like I mean like 07 was like the year of music that for was me. the zenith that was yeah, that yeah, yeah, was yeah. like this is the best yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, like yeah. this is when like you know the presets cut copy Van Sheet yes. Daft Punk came out to oh. um, you know Sydney Stadium and yes. they played the Alive show Fuck, the Pyramid show which was the greatest concert incredible. I've ever been to in my entire yeah, life I if imagine. I could repeat any day yeah. of my life it would be Daft Punk 2007 I found God, and God was two robots. Those um, guys, absolutely incredible. So yeah, I think yeah. I found around that stage. I was like, okay, I've, I've got this. This is mm. great. And mm. yeah, so from then on in, I you know loved doing interviews and shows, and you know we do these huge shows with like the Foo Fighters and totally. you know, yeah, Dave yeah. Grohl, and I would be on stage having a chin wag, and I'm like sick. This is my job. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, as time progressed, the Climate changed. Um, you know the the way that people consume live music changed. Mm, of uh, course, well I remember. Yeah, MTV was like, "Fuck, get home." There's a new music music video for so and so. Like, yeah. you would watch it religiously. Yeah, and then of course the advent of YouTube, etc. Yeah, people would move to there. Or even when you had the iPod and stuff, you might not even watch the music videos. You weren't too fast. But, yeah, uh, it was like that whole shift in landscape and consumption. Yeah. Well, I mean. It was it was such a strange time. Um, you know, people were not so excited. People weren't going out to music. It was so bizarre. Like we'd have a, like a, a live show with some artist, mm. and you know, not that like their star pulling power was still there. Like, I mean, like yeah, totally. I remember we did this show with like Josh Pike. Um, Cav, is this in Sydney? Uh, yeah. yeah, and we had like we had, it, yeah, go on, sorry. We had like Josh Pike and like Cav. Um, uh, from Eskimo Joe and um, we also had uh, God um, someone else um, but basically we, we went on to like a we had this thing called Gorilla Gig where we'd turn up somewhere and we mm. just have this live show mm. and we told everyone about it and, and no one gave a shit <laughs> no really? one turned up to see this live show I'm like a free live show and crazy it was just, isn't it yeah it was so weird yeah. Um but yeah, I think the, the the whole there was a huge shift. People became really fascinated with everything that was on the internet. But everything comes in cycles and Certainly. ebbs and flows. And mm. now people um, have this completely new way of sharing um, their music experiences. Totally. Because one and, thing I wanted to add in yeah. why I asked was in Sydney. Was it? Do you think the Sydney lockout laws, etc., had anything to play into it, or did they only exacerbate what was happening here? I think they exacerbated. Yeah. I so think it, the, it was happening naturally anyway. But I, yeah. yeah, I, I think yeah. that you know, it was. Uh, so you're wearing your unite for the night t-shirt as we yeah I'm, I'm, i am wearing a unite for the night um t-shirt uh because yeah i mean i i, I loved sydney's night scene mm. and it seemed like the the love of of music almost faded like live music almost yeah. seemed to, to oh. change people sounds very sad like the color draining out of your favorite kind of like, yeah village. like oh it, it, it yeah it was quite bizarre like mm. you know when your big concerts come uh people still buy tickets mm. but i think that the the thing that really lost out was the bands that no the one knew about. Scene. Yeah, of course, the pub gigs that the you'd go gigs. to around the corner, all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. some of the like I remember going to see Sparkadia. 
Yeah. Um, at um, the Red Rattler. No, gosh, I remember just like stumbling across. Um, yeah, the this band which ended up becoming uh this huge, you know, like a band that toured around. Um, you know the world. Uh, okay. Of I went to Of Monsters and Men. Um, wow, when yeah. when only like forty people were well, there to to watch them. There at the beginning, man. And you know it's these these little shows that you know, you'd stumble across in Sydney and go, oh my gosh, this is such an incredible band. I can't wait to tell people about it. Totally. totally. And you know the presets. I saw that in like, in them in Club Seventy Seven when yeah. they were playing in the corner of the room. Wow. And. You know, I think that it was more nurturing. People would stumble across and, and witness these incredible moments in yeah. musical history. But now it's like, unless you've got a thousand, a hundred thousand, you know, fans on this is it well, on the model Instagram. For the yeah, has completely like, changed as well, hasn't yeah. it? Now it's like I remember I had a, a good friend who's here in uh, Manly actually, Peter, mm. and him and his band at the time. This was pre-university. Were doing really well. They got yeah. some fantastic songs actually that sound. Uh, very similar in production value and stuff to like the folds and um, mm. they were they'd had chats with all the major record labels and all of that but it was just at that time where it was like great you sound awesome just give it a bash for a few years and then if you come with like, like on your own you know completely on your own and then if you do all right then come back to us yeah. because that whole business models change there's no such thing as like an incubator period where a uh, a label may take a chance and bankroll a, a, an EP or something like yeah. that. So you have to create your own uh, completely yeah, network. Yeah, you just create your own uh, platform. I mean, uh, a great example is you and I. Yeah. We, we, we were working on Pearl the Girls. Yeah, uh, exactly. A, a, yeah, a yeah, little yeah, clip. Yeah. So, so um, there's, there's like the power that's been transferred in terms of, I'm trying to think of the guy, is it Mark Jacob? We had him in our studio recently. He was a fantastic musician, but like there's more or less nothing about him online mm. and um he uh but he is huge on mm. youtube and that's where his following is and that's yeah. where all his uh power is so is it's it incredible, incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah um it's funnily enough interestingly enough mm. um you know the this is a conversation i have with a few artists who they seem to think that I have the answers. Danny, music man, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. music television. Totally. How do I, how do we break it? Totally. And uh, so obviously it's a conversation I have a fair bit with other artists. Josh Pike and I spoke about it at length about like, what are the, the new rules? Like how does one get music out? Totally. You know, back in the, in the day it was, you released a sig, uh, a, like they, the record labels had a strategy which was tried and tested. Mm. So you released a single, um, you did promo for the single, you re had the clip come out mm. and then there was a, an exact amount of time before the next single came out and then the exact amount of time before you wait before the clip comes out. Formulaic, yeah, and yeah, And it was yeah. this beautiful formula, but all the rec record labels, Universal Music, Sony, BMG, like the, they don't know what to do. There is no, totally. like, totally. there's no structure anymore. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, we'll pay an influencer mm. to mm. use the song in a clip like we Crazy, don't know isn't it? yeah, and it's just yeah. so bizarre but it's and yeah you kind of manufacture it from your own group yeah. and I correct myself earlier it was Jacob Lee I'm so sorry Jacob a fantastic guy really really nice down to earth and yeah. such a genuine bloke and he did a little um, acoustic performance yeah. for us there but like I say absolutely nothing for him online our producer yeah. uh, was searching around and couldn't find anything really but he has such an engaged community online on YouTube yeah. every one of his music videos I'm just scrolling through and he makes three music videos per track 
and he churns out tracks. Wow. So he has like a live performance version of it, then a proper music video, and then That's incredible. Uh, some other take. Each video I'm looking here, 11 months ago, 19 million views, 19 million, like 5.6, everything's like topping out it's incredible so mm. he has created that completely for himself and he just came him and his um uh tour manager that was mm. it to the studio you know no entourage yeah. nothing like that yeah. um so incredible like yeah. so it's there's the the happy side of it as well i suppose but it is hard work yeah i mean and, and some people aren't that way inclined totally I mean, totally I mean, yeah uh, I, I popped into your workplace yeah. um to do that dope lemon interview uh which is of course angus stone from Angus and Julia Stone, and he is not someone that likes doing press. Totally. He, totally. he actually finds the whole process very, very uncomfortable, but he understands that it's, you know, the, a necessary evil that mm -hmm. he has to, to go through to promote and get his, his music out there because mm. he, he cares about his music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting that these musicians who they just want to be musicians but now it we've reached a time where they're being forced to be personalities yeah and some people are good at it some people just hate it i mean yeah, yeah. um it, it is interesting seeing uh, i'm not sure if you realize this but a video that you shot um yeah. with um some of my help and we i cut it together in my house uh, is now like 10,000 views in the space yeah, yeah. of like five days. Yeah, awesome. And uh, this is for Pearl the Girl, a Bondi musician. And uh, just from... And this, a wonderful human being. Uh, a, ten, a top 10 human being. Mm -hmm. And uh, just from that video, um, it's a, she played a gig down at Wollongong and like she had this wild gig and everyone was going crazy and everyone was awesome. like really getting into it and Wicked. people yeah were going totally nuts and when she played this song yeah. that you and I recorded yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like people were like thrilled so it works yeah, like these totally. these online um, yeah, yeah. The bit, bits of content seem to really cut through nice. um, oh, so yeah but uh, no, good on you, Sam. Yeah, well, uh, you did such a good, good job. All of us. Good <laughs> on all of us. There we are. There we are. But we digress yet again. Sorry, my I love my ADHD sprawling nature of interviewing. Oh, I like it. Go too. on little branches and come back with the acorn when it drops down. But we, <laughs> we so we were winding up, and you were in your transition period between yeah. V and now. So, you know, like much like a, an astronaut that's walked on the moon. You know, you've been on stage, like you say, with the Foo Fighters, etc. You know, at such a young age. Yeah. Where do you go from that height, you know? What do you what do you do? What did you look to transition? Did you have guidance, help? Was there something that was like quite organic and natural? What did you do then? Uh, I mean, that's one thing I think I would have loved mm. is having a mentor. Mm. Uh, because I think that having a mentor has always been... The mentors I have had uh, have always had a huge impact on how I produce or mm. how I edit mm. or how I, you know, film. Um, but in the early days, definitely how I used to present. But, um, you know, during that time, I think that I... Because you've been quite privileged up until then with the mentors yeah, you had. Like definitely. Osher, et cetera, et cetera. I was definitely spoiled um, when it came to good teachers. But uh, then this junction here, you were kind at, of At that junction, I, uh, you know, I had gone through these major changes. Mm. I had... Um, you know, gotten out of a very, you know, 
difficult relationship mm. uh, where I, I guess I was financially responsible for this girl wow. and I paid for everything. Jeez. And like, I was like, wow, you, you're, you're, you're an expense. Why? Yeah. Oh, because I was in love at the time. Fine. <laughs> oh, like, oh. become... And then, you know, when that ended, I was like, wow. It's like, so then I'd kind of left my job, mm. like left this relationship mm. and then... All I wanted to do was go overseas mm. and, and travel. So I did. I kind of left and... In a know, work spent... capacity or self-searching? No, no, no. Just, just enjoying just it? Just enjoying myself. Mm. So, you know, I went to went around the world and, you know, went to... Yeah, went, did some time in, in Europe and... You know, On your own with friends? With It's funny because I kind of left and caught up with people that I knew so on, your own, on my own but friends. with people yeah, so I'd go from you know one side of the world to the other and spend time with different people and, awesome. and, and it was really fun and then yeah. up until then I guess I've just been like a gun for hire and been doing like freelance jobs here and there so be you know an MC an event here or mm. do, do a big sponsorship um, yeah, shoot over there and do some interviewing here did some radio right? and like just is that for like a while. through an agent or how how does that um, work come about you've been you had a profile and people contacted yeah you? i i get had to have management and mm. sometimes i'd go through them sometimes people just message me over instagram and yeah, say yeah. hey do you want to do work with a beer company do you yeah, want to yeah, yeah. do you want to do some stuff with a car company do you want to mm. you know and i did some like radio with today fm for a little while yeah. and then for um, I had the Vivo, a Vivo countdown. So, but Vivo stopped doing uh, work with Today FM, and you know, so I stopped doing radio. And then, um, yeah, I guess I've just been a just a wanderer ever since. Mm. I've been like jumping on board and hosting shows here and there, and mm. have nothing like uh, con- no contract, you know. Mm. Which is and how does I, that lifestyle I, suit you? Because like I mean, a lot of people think I, freelance, fa- uh, feast and famine, and it's also the unpredictability that's a bit wearing sometimes. I've personally experienced it, and it's you know it's that or not anxiety, but you feel what am I doing next or am I doing enough, et cetera, et cetera. Because there's no, like, with a nine to five, I suppose, yeah. one of the few, well, in my mind, you know, it's right for some people. It's not right for me, but, like, one of the benefits is it can be cut and dry. You're like, mm. work, boom, not work, yeah. and you're fine. Like, yeah. I, something I'm always incredibly envious of with my girlfriend and her friends is they're all doctors and they've worked incredibly hard to get where they are and they've done fantastic jobs and they're kind of on a a linear career progression you know they pick and i'm not by any means making light of it because they still have to choose within this huge umbrella of medicine what mm. what uh, specialty they go down but once they make that decision then that's it you're on that train yeah. and the amount of conversations i've had back and forth with her going well she's like well you do this and then surely you can just do that and i'm like well, i can to a degree but the landscape changes so quickly in this there's no yeah. like there's not like Oh, just get this, and then you're—that's you kind of thing. It's mm. so unpredictable, and I think there's beauty and excitement in that, and there's also a little anxiety. So, where where does it sit with you? I I, th- I think you really hit the the nail on the head there. I think that employment is has much more of a role uh, in people's concept of purpose. Mm, totally, because so that's what it all comes down to, right? It, it's it finding does. fulfillment through what you do. Yeah, and and when you have a job, you feel like it is like this is your identity, mm. you know. And some, if you know, for your your girlfriend and your and their friends or her friends, like who are doctors, um, they're probably it's like oh, like this is so and so that you know. 
oh, you know, Dr. So-and-so. Like, it's part and parcel it's, it's, of them, yeah, yeah. yeah that's totally. their identity. Mm. And I think that if people, you know, are that way inclined, um, then sure, like having a full-time nine-to-five kind of job is, you know, works very well with some people and other people um, who f- can find it a little bit constraining. Like they want to be able to, to leave and, and run away. I mean, I, it's just how you find purpose in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't find, uh, I don't need a nine to five uh, to have purpose. Um, I can, I'm quite content to, to work a job here and a job there. And I, I'm not overly anxious about, you know, money or, you know, cause you know, employment is fine. There's lots of different ways of making money. Um, and I like putting my energy towards something. Mm. So while, you know, a, a nine to five, yeah, be, being employed is very comfortable and cozy and safe. Safe. Um, that's the, yeah, I think that the that's, danger. that's the thing. It's like, you can get caught up and swept up in that safety. Um, the important thing for me is to be able to put my energy towards something. Mm. And, you know, e- even if it's, you know, a charity job. I mean, the, the last really big job I did was uh, with a charity overseas, like with Grameen Australia mm. and shooting these like documentaries um, dealing with major poverty, uh, you know, and also darker issues like child assault and abuse and things that were really heavy for me. Mm. But... I got a chance, an opportunity to put loads and loads of work and energy into it. And so that was quite fulfilling. And I think that as long as you have something to put your passion and energy towards and like, you know, you'll live a happy life. Yeah, um, agreed. And at the moment I am like, you know, I've got some really fun projects that I am excited about putting energy into. Yeah, and, fantastic. Um, yeah, so that's the, that, that's the next progression. And I think that you, you know, unlike a doctor who has a very linear you know, career path you know you go to med school you go into, into surgery you mm. know you your specialty in eye being an eye surgeon or whatever you can totally, take that yeah. I, I you know oh, actually, no, of course there are a million and different oh, ways yeah, oh, oh, in oh. which you can do it and we're not being reductive it, it's just an example but um i suppose that leads to the next part of my interview as well which is the final 15 kind of thing so how do you foster creativity today what's the typical week or day look like for Danny Clayton? Oh, My girlfriend I... keeps saying she sees you at uh, F45 early in the morning, so you uh, kick things off with a, a bit of exercise. Off. Yeah, I mean, uh, early exercise is great. Yep. Like if, if F45, yep, sure. Yep. Or like a run or a surf or Other something. exercise is available, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and whatever's uh, available. But when you're... Um... I'm yet to see you in the Tama surf. Apparently uh, he surfs. I, I don't do, know. I don't uh, know. Yeah, He's always but... conveniently away when I text him for a surf. Every time you invite are. me, I definitely <laughs> seem to um, let you down. I'm very sorry, but... So you kick things off like that. Exercise, I think, is a really big part of like you know b- being creative. Of I know that sounds like no, 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 no. I'm a f- afterwards, yeah. after when you're like full of endorphins, yeah, and then you sit down, and you're like, oh my gosh, and then you, yeah, I can write and come up with ideas and totally. all that. Like, I love like listening to like some weird music. Oh yeah, with my laptop open and then just writing and coming up with. You can ideas. work with music on. I love it. I'm it, the same. And I can't. I, I visualize. I'm, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I've written a bunch of, you know, and it's funny because I've come up with uh, activations for brands. Okay. I love, like, writing. You know, people are like, oh, it's like selling out. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, I really enjoy it. I yeah. really love thinking of how to, to work with, like, a brand and mm. making something cool for them. So, Wicked. you know, 
do that and um and then, what yeah. this is in the morning sorry so is this a yeah, typical day this is yeah it's in the yeah. morning but you know what and what do we write on is this a laptop based thing are laptop, you a, a yeah. pen and paper kind of guy a laptop, laptop kind of okay. guy and which is all the more worrying because my laptop has just died and i've lost like Oh, so, this so is, much yeah. work but Clayton ate his vault yeah but um yeah you know do that like I you know I, last week it was really fun doing you know starting a day coming up with a bunch of ideas talking to some brands and some PR companies then jumping in the motorcycle racing to a studio in the city to record some stuff for Qantas um, Epic. and then like jumping on the motorcycle going off to another meeting and yeah. chatting to another brand and then everyone being like really thrilled and then that night doing a DJ set for UG Australia which oh, wow. is super weird but like what, what a strange like you know brand to do a strange, DJ but it was yeah. fun like you yeah, know yeah, like yeah. Sitting, but, sitting in my UG boots playing whatever I, I like I was gonna say were people wearing UGGs at the rave that is not a yeah. rave worthy shoe surely no, you've no, got unbelievable too... like toe sweat going oh, on if yeah. you're wearing an UGG that's the thing it was such a bizarre um, gig it, was, it yeah. wasn't like a dancey one it was like I could yeah. just play whatever I liked oh yeah yeah I saw something similar at like, that platypus shop there was a, a lass yeah. with the decks out the front I was like yeah interesting new yeah. experiential shopping yeah, yeah I don't know it's like so no week's ever the same then is it no definitely yeah. not I um you know and I'm often working for other people like putting together content for other people and their projects. Yeah, cool. At, and, you know, which I find fun. And Well, I suppose um, that's a part and parcel of creativity and all of that is collaboration, isn't it? Like, yeah. do you have someone that you regularly bounce ideas off? Have you got a sounding board? I do. Yeah. Um, I've got a few old Channel V producers. That's cool. I've got a... A producer bloke called Nick Sullivan, who mm. he shoots like music clips and he he does like activations for brands and mm. he like he's just a, he's another gun for hire. So mm. he's a, a a dude who who shoots and edits and and, and kind of an all rounder. And we do um, we shoot stuff for brands and we shoot our own little pitches and pilots and and, and do that. And then there's another gentleman by the name of Daniel Coolahan who builds robots. Obviously. And he builds... Uh, he's a camera guy that builds robots and does, like... Uh, he's, uh, it's so difficult to explain. Like, he'll shoot uh, a job for a, taba uh, a Tabasco sauce. Sure. Um, he'll have a, a taco being launched into the air yeah. while Tabasco sauce lands perfectly in the middle of, like, a slice of, yeah. you know, chicken fillet. Wow. And it's all done robotically yes. with slow-motion cameras. Epic. And it, it is amazing. That and is mad. Every now and then he'll let me help him um, on jobs That's and cool. I get to watch his creations. Like, the other week he did this, uh, he had a burning hot steel logo. Yeah fall into a uh, barrel yeah. of superheated oil oh, wow. which at 300 degrees just viscerates what does it do it just ignites Fuck. when this burning hot piece of metal landed in the oil yeah. and he's all, he filmed it all in like super slow yeah, motion yeah, yeah, and this yeah. just huge flame ball came out of, yeah. you know it, of it just it was huge Epic. and wildly dangerous yeah of course yeah it's super got, it's fun and obviously the whole thing had to be done robotically because yeah, sure. You Otherwise, don't want to be anywhere near that. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it's just thrilling to have friends who are so talented. Totally, so yeah. I get to you know, help out from time to time with my friends and their wacky projects. So, That's wicked. But, I mean, like, again, you're the same. Like, you, you love getting involved and helping other people. Yeah, I think it's just curiosity. It, you know? I think that's yeah. what 
um, we bonded over it, I think, initially, because we were just chatting shop about science and random stuff yeah. on the top of the tower. But it's just that inherent curiosity. I, I love finding out about people or what they're up to or you know there's this concept that i don't understand but i would love to understand well that's mm. really interesting tell me about that but what happens if this does and before you know it mm. people are just like i you haven't said anything about you but i'm like whatever i want to know about this you know so i think i think we share that and i think it's such a invaluable skill really i think it's mm. real a real asset that i'm very like grateful to have that kind of interest but um stay curious stay curious kids yeah, Curious George, not Curiosity Killed the Cat, you know. Mm -hmm. So, Well, you know, use your discretion. <laughs> Be safe. But uh, that kind of segues onto a question uh, in these few wrap-up ones of what is a technology that you absolutely love? What's a technological device you own that you couldn't live without? Is there one? Uh, at the moment, oh whether it be gosh. for productivity moment, or oh, pleasure, look, leisure, whatever. I, I, I do have an answer for yes. this. So I, is I, it on I, your wrist? Or is it that, is. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm, well, I'm a gamer. He's a bit of a nerd. He's a bit of a nerd. I, 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 I do... I love, I love playing video games. I think that the... The art of games oh, is so much fun. so unbelievable. I like yeah. the cinematic ones. So I've, you know, I play PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch. I, I I'm on it all. So Are technology. You an RPG man, but any particular uh, games? Uh, like? I mean, I think the the, the best games of the past few years that yeah. I've played uh, is one called Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Um, and I have no doubt that they'll turn that into a movie. Wow. I think it is such an incredible concept. Epic. Um, you know, for those who aren't gamers, I even they would find it fascinating like yeah. the storyline and it's essentially you're you're playing at almost like a, you're in the um, the uh, iron age like the mm. uh, uh, sticks and stones age yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. kind of so, final fantasy esque but it, it, no definitely no. not no, no, so no, no. you're you're in a, in a time where you're you're playing a, this really strong lead female character mm. um, but you're surrounded by robots yet everyone is almost like cave dwellers sure and basically, it sets up a world which technology has advanced so far and so incredibly, like, you know, beyond human control that the whole world was basically destroyed. And then humans have gone back to the Dark Ages. Yeah. Um, and, but we're surrounded by these robots. And the robots are like completely, like, you know, self aware and, you know, they're, they're all animal oh, like shaped. So there's like, you know, bison and like there's like tigers and wow. all of that but they're all robotic animals interesting and you kind of treat them like you would like a wild animal but yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. so you can harvest them for parts and so you've got weapons that are like a, a bow and arrow but yeah. bow and arrows that shoot like lightning bolts and wow. and so it's this perfect mix of like dark ages and, mm. and but you you kind of uncover the truth about how the world ended up like this yeah, yeah, yeah. and it plays out like a, a movie and i find that Epic. just so thrilling I, it, oh, it should the be confluence a, of a games book. and all yeah. this is incredible i always remember playing metal gear solid and their, oh. cut, their cut scenes like the konami is like developers they were just incredibly meticulous with their fantastic graphics and uh, storylines you know you can find fan-made cuts of all of them put together on online and it's unbelievable it's an amazing and world a journey over years and totally, years and years, and totally, years. Like, totally. so those gamers people have been playing the that series yeah for like oh I fucking loved it I was heartbroken when I couldn't afford a PS4 uh, and I had to go to Xbox 360 because of course this was the time when uh, Metal Gear was married to you know that's when you had yeah. console only games and it was like oh 
oh shit and I even got the PSP version which was sick yeah it's a completely different they'd reforward it you had to roll the dice to move and stuff like that and a bit mm. initially you're like oh what's this but get into it and it's actually class so yeah like gaming is it, yeah it, it is amazing and yeah. I think sadly I've come across the thing where I'm like, am I wasting my time? And my mate has a very good counter argument, which I'm sure you agree with. Everyone relaxes in different ways. Yeah. And, you know, you would argue that watching television is exactly the same. Exactly. But you're in gaming, actively involved. Exactly. Yeah. You're using your mind more, motor neuron skills, etc., etc. Mm. And before I moved here, I was filming for FIFA uh, in London. And it's I find this incredible new wave of which you're a part of in some way is this kind of e-sports and competitive gaming and yeah. people learning a living off this. And I thought I was filming the FIFA World Cup because the venue, <laughs> the venue was the O2 Arena. You know, yeah. I, I can't remember the capacity, something like 100,000 people, yeah. if not more. And it was changed at the very last minute. This was a Millennium Dome in London uh, to this venue right opposite uh um, Parliament, uh, Parliament House. So still mm. an incredibly illustrious venue, and uh, they sent me the video like, "Oh, this is what we're looking for." Like uh, in advance, you know, here's what last year was. Year before it was New York. Year before that, Brazil. You know, it's all yeah. over the world. These guys are fine. And then there's like spot. It's like pow, pow, pow. Football, football, football. Like all this, yeah, like montage stuff of the city and you're like cool 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 and then this spotty kid comes on he's like oh yeah I'm just really happy to be here and all that. I was like okay maybe it's a fan or something I don't yeah. really know like whatever I don't really follow the football so I was like I'll see some footy players but whatever and then montage choo, 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 and then spotty kid again I was like okay this is a bit weird maybe another fan a lot of fans here yeah. and then choo, 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 and then another I was like what's going on here and then I looked down and it's the FIFA interactive world cup which yeah. of course is esports people yeah. playing FIFA oh, and God. you know but they're the ones laughing now because the they're making leads, millions and yeah, millions of dollars. Winner got two hundred and fifty grand English, like, and he was nineteen, and his yeah. and his like his tag gamer name, of which the commentators have to refer to him, and there were commentators for yeah. this game, uh, was like Gorilla Sixty Nine or something, and it's oh, just gosh. like, and he's and he's getting two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. What's Gorilla Sixty Nine? No, no, five hundred, five hundred, wow. five hundred grand. Yeah. yeah. So like. He, yeah, and there was just this professional panel and it was a mixture of like gamers, e-gamers, which is sponsored by teams now. There was mm. one like PSV. One yeah. of them even had a fucking manager. It was like <laughs> some like 40-year-old guy with a beret standing behind him like shouting. It was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, and then, um, yeah, and then there was some professional footballers and he just couldn't get his head around it, you know? Like they're all being very nice. It wasn't like condescending. He's like, what do you tell your mum? Like he just couldn't wrap it's his head around so it. so bizarre. I mean, I, I hosted world. the an, a FIFA tournament, yeah. admittedly. And I mean, I think that there's gamers and yeah, then yeah, there's yeah. FIFA players. Like, oh, really? it, it's a you completely a different breed. You can be a brilliant gamer yeah. and still suck at FIFA. Like, yeah. th there are people that only play FIFA. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I turned up to host this championship what, and, you and also game. play. Of course, yeah. and so And I had to play on this big screen and it was embarrassing. I, and so here I am, I'm supposed to be an authority sure. on gaming and FIFA and I am publicly destroyed by some kid who wasn't even trying. Yeah. Even worse, was doing like... Like balking, no, so he'd like, like text or something. He'd, no, he'd, no, he'd like you know oh, do no. tricks, tricks around me, oh, and then when no. we'd be laughing, I'm like, dude, just you know, just oh, kill me, oh, <laughs> just far out, sink it. But Public man, ridicule, it was yeah. wild. But I mean, it's incredible. Then like the whole, well, this will have to be for another time because I've got to wrap this up and go to this thing called work. That we, <laughs> but like the next time, I want to talk about VR and where that's going. Oh, man, and, like, I have you seen about... Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One? There's yes, a, yeah, uh, uh, unreal, hundred percent, just so it. sick. Did uh, 
I did a, a VR experience thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, good. We're with a, a game that's coming out. Yeah. Um, and it was sensational. Almost wow. too good. Yeah, yeah. Um, it actually good. scares me. Totally. Because so, this is the whole, the next stage. The next, like, the next gen. Like in Ready Player One, does anyone ever leave their house, etc., etc. There's mm. the brilliant doc on um, Netflix, American Meme, uh, which follows a variety of people in the kind of Instagram world. But the, the kind of birther of all of it is Paris Hilton and yeah. it follows her quite a lot and then it, it rounds off the series by her being completely scanned to become a VR person because she DJs in VR clubs for VR it's just insane it's amazing but crazy at the same time but we'll leave that for another one because I really do have to wrap up but I want to uh, come back to the lovely Inside the Actors studio uh, ah. hosted by James Lipton uh, what but, is your favourite word this is it so uh, uh, Originally came from a French series, Bouillon du Culture, hosted by Vaux. So we'll give our due credence there. But um, what is? What your is your favorite word? word? Uh, luciferous. Oh, right click Luc- synonyms, please. Uh, synonyms to shimmer, to glow, to have, uh, to illuminate from the inside. I love it. Uh, the etymology of it being Lucifer, uh, Lucifer mm. the morning star. Um, I think we've actually spoken about that word in this studio. Most probably. Um, because uh, I think we were talking about the actor's studio yeah. and these questions. Um, oh, no, have I asked you them before? No, 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 no. That's a new response, even if I have, so uh, I'm happy with that. But yeah, Lucifer, um, Satan uh, used to be an angel and he used to glow. He used to shimmer oh. and he was really beautiful. Shimmer? And all really? of the Yeah, and all of the other angels... Uh, I love, I'm asking like, like he exists. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, did he really? Yeah, go oh. Lucifer. <laughs> I'm basically, you know, Satan was super, super beautiful. Yeah. Uh, god didn't. Not that I'm an atheist. No, <laughs> but God <laughs> shot him out, out of heaven. Um, but if something has a luciferous quality, yeah, it they have a Satanist like they, like a, a a beautiful shimmer, a glow, like um, yeah, quality. Wow. Even though it's based on. Satan, the devil, no the way. Bob, you know. Wow, I love that word. I love that, yeah. And that's yeah. the alternative history to the devil for all you haters out there. He's mm. been getting a bad rap all these years. He's actually a great guy, and God is the jealous one. So yeah. there we are. Right, flip side. What's what your is least your least favorite, favorite word? word? Um, I would say moist, but I, I'd say that that's probably the the most. Uh, it's probably the most widespread. Yeah. Um, I don't like the word <laughs> thorough. Thorough. <laughs> I don't. I don't I, like. I like that. I like that. That kind of goes it, thorough. I, I I think goes against the grain of your, your kind of improv nature. <laughs> it's like I don't. Can we not be so thorough? I, I, I don't like the word thorough. I, don't, I think it's the way you say it. Say thorough. I quite like it. It's quite thorough. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. No, it's your, it's your question. You can yeah. completely have that. What turns you on, creatively, emotionally, or spiritually? Uh, enthusiasm. Mm. I, when someone is enthusiastic about something, even if it's stupid, yeah. like you can be enthusiastic about lawn bowls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're like, oh, I just love lawn bowls. It's I go, why? Tell me, why are you so enthusiastic about this? And I get dragged into that enthusiasm. Totally. So that turns me on. Um, love it. And I suppose the flip side of that will be the opposite, perhaps. What turns you off? Uh, people who make themselves um, the victim 
Sure. Uh, when life is peachy. Mm. Oh, when life is peachy. When wow, life is, when, that's like a double downer. When like, when like, you know, like, oh God, I've got it so tough. And sure. it's like, no, you don't. Totally. You know, People if, that if, don't if, take stock. If you've got, yeah. if you've got food in your belly yeah. and you've got clothes on your back, um, if you've got friends and family and you're, you're living, if you're living in this country, yeah. you, oh my God, you yeah. can't really complain. Yeah. You know, Practicing gratitude. there is... You know, an abundance uh, of opportunity for you, and uh, we are the, we are in the lucky country. I like it. I like it. What sound do you love? Tough for a muse? Uh, what sound do I love? Oh gosh, um, uh, there are a few different sounds. Uh, that as the lorry goes by, not that sound, I presume. <laughs> Um, I if love... you go on, I'll let you have a smorgasbord if you're quick. If you okay, okay. Um, I like the sound of an. I know it's like this is bizarre. I like the sound of an amp before Ooh. the any music has come out. Yeah, there's nice. just this warm rattle that the, the amps go like like when a band's getting ready for a so, live session, like at the studio when everyone was getting there. Yeah, so you, like time you, for you, that. you've plugged in everything and you turn on. It's almost like an energy thing. It mm. sounds like energy, mm. just a, a big amp turned up to full, mm. but no one has played a note. Oh, it's just this hum. Nice. This like it's it. like it's like and. Anticipation. Totally, yeah, yeah, I love, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that sound. <laughs> That's cool. That's nice. No, I love it. What sound do you hate? I hate um, truck brakes. <laughs> truck brakes. <laughs> I don't want to make the noise, but yeah, when they, yeah, yeah. when the disc brakes of a truck is pulling Ooh. up, there's that high-pitched squeal. Uh, just, yeah, don't yeah, like it. Nails on a chalkboard kind of vibe, I can yeah. agree. Favourite curse word? Um, oh, I think... There's no holes barred here in Australia, is there? It's no. Affect uh, or shock my British sensibilities. I listened to the radio for the first time and heard curse words on the on the ABC. No, let's no, no. Oh, I mean, obviously, the word fuck is a very diverse and useful word. It is. Um, but it's got a good power to it. Uh, one of the my favourite curse words is I think it's a, it's a British one. Oh yeah. And I love the word bollocks. Bollocks. <laughs> Just because. Yeah. Oh, it's bollocks and I, and generally the people that say the word bollocks yeah um are very comical fun people totally i that reminds me of james may from top gear yes always saying yeah. cock cock yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like i think of like you know like a russell brand kind of sure you know or and and when people say the word bollocks it's usually when they're very angry yeah yeah yeah, yeah comically yeah, yeah. angry i've never met any happy bollocks yeah <laughs> it's like you know you don't go they're oh, always that, angry oh, that's, that's bollocks <laughs> you know, it's like oh, that is bollocks <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, i love i love that word you love bollocks is what you say <laughs> danny bollocks. clayton loves bollocks for all those listeners out there that's fantastic news and uh what profession other than yours uh, well, yours is incredibly wide-ranging, so this would be tough. But what profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Um, uh, God, I'd love to be a doctor. I oh, yeah? Give we, it a bash. Um, uh, but I, I don't have the smarts for that. So sure. uh, I'll put that aside. I'll put my dreams of being a doctor aside and say... Any particular type? Just in passing? Uh, ICU. Yeah? ICU doctor. I'd, okay. love to, I'd like to be able to save people's lives. But um, uh, I'd say something that's like less unrealistic, but sure. still pretty unrealistic. Yeah. Uh, helicopter pilot. Nice. I'd love to fly helicopters. The art of flight is epic. Oh. It's always enchanted me. I'd yeah. On my bucket list is to get to the level where I can do solo skydiving. I'd love oh, to do that. yeah, yeah. It's just something about just flying is epic. Yeah. So cool. I can't remember the, the name. 
asked. The the director of Spirited Away and many other Studio Ghibli films, he he was always enchanted with flight. And I think through watching his films over the years, I've mm. always just been like, fuck, yeah. awesome. Point Break made me want to get my scout. Oh, really? <laughs> A really good mate of mine uh, by the name of Jimmy, uh, who uh, Jimmy Two Socks yeah, yeah. from Flight Facilities. Oh, uh, yeah. He does solo skydiving. Does he? Sick. Uh, I um, was going to ask him for some advice on how to jump into that world and really? uh, things that I'd need to do to pull my own cord. You need to get a parachute. Uh, that's that's for Research, one. Research, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that I, it's something I've put on the back burner. Sick. In, instead, now I just fly drones. That's yeah, my yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. connection with flight. Totally. Just flying drones. Yeah, totally. Two very, uh, very fond Mavic users here. Sponsorship pending. Um, and the final question, mate, to wrap up this sprawling and fantastic interview. If... I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah. If heaven exists, what would you like God to say to you at the pearly gates? Um, the I think actually, um, uh, isn't it Peter? Saint Peter? Saint Peter. What, so, who's so it's on like the if, door? If, yeah, it'd be like, pretty if hectic you, if God was on the if door. If God to was be on the door, can you imagine that? I think the actor studio version is like uh, if you are greeted at the pearly white gates by a uh, Saint Peter. Oh, uh, right, what, fine, what will he say fine, to you? Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> um, I think that it, they, he's going to say. God, that was hilarious. Like, oh my gosh, that was, wow, what a ride. It sounds very Family Guy-esque, like that kind of depiction of God. I mean, did you see that when you did that? Yeah, like, I, I'd love to, like, I like the idea of having a death that was so colourful yeah. <laughs> that even someone at the gates of heaven is like, whoa, oh, Jesus, that was wild. It was going one way and then zing. <laughs> it's like, and then it ex- the feathers <laughs> and the fire. And her reaction, can you believe? Wow, what a way to die. <laughs> Epic. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would like, uh, you know, maybe they viewed my whole life. Oh, yeah, And, yeah, and yeah. then they said, that was, wow, that was hilarious. That was what a nice a, way to finish. What, yeah, a, yeah. what a way to go. Like, what a brilliant adventure that was. So, yeah, that's how I'd like to be greeted at the pearly white gates of heaven. <laughs> Fantastic. That's class. Well, Danny, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. We'll have another one down the track where, to touch on VR and all the rest of the technology stuff that we have only opened the can of. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I enjoy these little chats. Oh, mate, love Sam, it. you know, I think love you're, you're a very good... If in a different time and a different place, you and I would have uh, had great fun hosting Channel back. V. Take <laughs> us back, Channel V. <laughs> all right, until next time, thanks so much for listening in, guys. It's been So How Did I Get Here? Bye. Music on this week's episode is by Young Carts. It's a track called Young and Reckless. And if you keep it locked for next week, I'm going to be chatting to my old housemate Scott Purcell, who's one half of the duo that have created Man of Many, which is one of Australia's largest men's lifestyle sites. Until then, I'll see you!